Aloha, this is Pastor Perry, and I want to thank you for joining us online to study the Word of God together. We pray that you will be blessed as the Holy Spirit ministers to you through this message and through God's Word. Greetings, family at KCC. We, uh, Lana and myself, just uh, send you our love. We're so thankful for your prayers for us. And uh, we've, even though we're shut down, we're experiencing the blessings of God in our spirits. And the passage for you today is Philippians chapter 4, verse 23. The blessings of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon your spirits. Let him bless you today, and God bless you. Thank you, Hal, for doing our reading today. Appreciate you and, and Lana and your ministry. Would you all join with me as we pray and prepare our hearts to hear from the Lord through his message today? Let's pray. Amazing Father, wonderful Lord, fantastic God, we love you and we praise you, we honor you today, we bow before you, we reflect back to you your glory, we honor and reverence your majesty, we recognize our complete and total dependence on you and that our every breath is a gift from you. Pray that you'd open our eyes to things unseen, with spiritual truths. You'd help us to commune with you deeper, especially during these difficult days. Lord, that you would strip us of things that have seemed important to us, yet will pass away, and help us to focus on things that are eternal, our relationship with you, our relationship with others. Lord, we pray for our loved ones and our friends. Help those who are suffering, who are going through extreme difficulty, minister to them and provide for them and even use us to be your hand and your blessing to them. Lord, we ask now for the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, for him to speak through me words that are true and magnify the Lord Jesus. In whose beautiful and wonderful name we pray. Amen. I took up the sport of snowboarding about 25 years ago when it first became popular. And that's not so surprising because as a boy, I was at the forefront of that sport of skateboarding when it first came out with those little steel wheels. And I moved on to surfing and continued to surf. So taking up snowboarding was, I guess, rather natural. But what you might find unusual is that I learned to snowboard in Greece. Most people don't think of Greece as a place where you would learn snowboarding, but they have ski resorts there. And up in central Greece, on the mountain of Mount Parnassos, which is the tallest mountain in Greece, 8,000 feet high in central Greece, it towers over an area called Delphi. And Delphi was, in ancient Greece, considered the omphalos tisis, the navel of the world. We would call it the center of the world. And, and there, there was 
a temple to Apollo. There was an oracle of Delphi who would have ecstatic utterances and tell people what they wanted to know concerning important decisions when they consulted her. And so this area of ancient Greece was an area that the Greeks held as sacred. Well, it was on this mountain of Parnassos above Delphi where I learned to snowboard. And each Friday on my day off, I would drive two and a half hours up and two and a half hours back from the city of Athens to go snowboarding. And on one particular Friday, I invited a young man from our church, a high school student by the name of Aaron, to come join me to go snowboarding. And we had a wonderful one-on-one pastor talk for two and a half hours as we drove up to the mountain, anticipating snowboarding. Aaron, by the way, was the one who taught me how to snowboard. He taught me by handing me a book on snowboarding and saying, good luck. Well, we were driving up and we got there. And when we got to the resort, we were surprised, really shocked, to discover the parking lot was completely empty And the ski resort was closed down that day. We didn't know why, but there was no one there. We couldn't snowboard. And I felt terrible because I'd brought Aaron all this way, five-hour round trip, and we weren't going to snowboard. So I began apologizing profusely, saying I should have called, I should have known. And Aaron politely stopped me, and he said, Pastor, it's okay. People make mistakes mistakes. Wow. Such wise and and comforting words of grace from a teenager to his pastor. It's okay. People make mistakes. As the Apostle Paul finishes up writing his letter from quarantine, the book of Philippians, in chapter 4, verse 23, he offers us some words of grace. Philippians 4.23, he writes, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Grace is something we all desire, but few of us probably can actually define. Grace is something we all desperately need, but often have difficulty extending grace to others. Grace is most needed by those who deserve it the least, and yet it's withheld for that very same reason. They don't deserve it. Aaron extended to me the hand of grace, yet I found it somewhat difficult to receive. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul writes, be with your spirit. My spirit really needs something right now. And I think yours does too. We're now more than six months into this COVID pandemic and live streaming church and you not being able to come and wearing face masks and social distancing and being confined and then let loose a little bit and then confined again. Here in Hawaii, school has started. But what does that really mean? What, what do we mean by school now? A tablet? And what do we mean by open? My spirit really needs something right now, and I bet yours does too. 
And what we need is some grace. Today we're going to look at two things, and there's an outline online if you can pull it up and print it out so you have it handy. And we're going to kind of do things backwards. We're going to look at our action step first and then look at a truth to be believed. So an action step to take, these are difficult times, so extend grace to yourself and to others. These are difficult times, so extend grace to yourself and to others. Let's talk about extending grace to yourself. Many of you, and I include myself, are finding yourself less patient these days, less considerate, less kind, more frustrated, more easily distracted, perhaps less productive in work, and basically less Christian. I mean, think about it. Your church attendance has fallen off, and perhaps so is your Bible reading and your prayer time. Your fellowship with other believers has fallen off, and perhaps so also your tithing, your offering, your giving financially to God. You find that you are a lot more worried about earthly things and perhaps a lot less concentrated on eternal things. Perhaps you find that you are a lot, lot more self-centered these days, thinking, woe is me, and I can't believe this happened to me. And if that is you, I suggest that you give yourself a little grace. Your situation may be nowhere as severe right now as the people in Northern California that have been struck by over 500 fires burning their homes, and two of the fires are the worst fires in history in California. Some people dealing with COVID are also dealing with having lost their homes and perhaps lost even loved ones. And then the people on the Gulf Coast, not only are they dealing with COVID, but they had two back-to-back hurricanes devastating neighborhoods and homes and cities. And our friends in Uganda and other parts of the third world are struggling to find food in order to feed their families, even starving some of them. But nonetheless, regardless of your situation, your pain is just as real as the pain of people who are suffering fires, hurricanes, and famines. Your pain is just as real, even though your circumstances may not be as severe. I mean, think about it. When you stub your baby toe on the corner of a a leg of a coffee table, that pain is just as real as the pain of someone suffering from cancer. The pain is not as severe, but it's just as real. These are difficult times. And everyone is experiencing pain, though their circumstances vary, and some are more severe than others. But the pain is real. And I would suggest you give yourself a dose of grace. These are difficult times, so extend grace to yourself. But also extend grace to others. Your kids are having a hard time. 
And so they're acting out. They're less obedient. They're more sassy. They're being told way too often, now play nice together. Get along. Say you're sorry. You're going to be sent to your room. A time out. Well, these are difficult times for our kids as well. They also need more grace. And so do employees who are more distracted at work, less productive, who perhaps are showing up late more often because of the kids' situation and the school situation or because of a meltdown in the home. Maybe they're having to leave early to take care of something at home. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul writes, be with your spirit. My spirit, your spirit, needs grace. The grace of the Lord. Grace, as I said at the beginning, is easier to desire than it is to define, but let's try to define it anyway. Theologians tell us that grace is undeserved or unmerited favor. The Greek word charis is a word that can be translated not just grace but also blessing as in the scripture reading that my friend Hal did for us earlier. It can be translated as kindness or mercy or goodwill, favor or gift. And there's another Greek word related to this Greek word, and it's the Greek word charisma. And charisma is brought into the English language by just changing the Greek letters to English letters. That's called transliteration, and we call it charisma. And when we think of charisma, we think of someone who has charm. But that word is a much deeper word. In Greek, it means a gift as a divine expression, a gift as a divine expression, charisma, or charisma, as we say it. And right now, you and I need to have more charisma, charisma. We need to be offering these gifts to other people, an expression, a divine expression of grace. This past week, I went to the jewelry store. It was open. Now it's closed again, and it was open, and I had a, a battery that needed a watch, and so I dropped it off with Doug, who works there, and went and had some coffee and then came back to pick up my watch, and there were two people in the store. Well, on this day of COVID, that means I have to stand outside on the sidewalk in front of the store, and I have to wait till they're completely done before I can go in and get my watch. So I waited, waited. It, it seemed like these people at the store were looking at every piece of jewelry in the store and questions about everything, and after 20 minutes, I decided I'm not waiting any longer, and so I left. I came back later in the afternoon to get my watch in. Same situation. I don't know, maybe the same people. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And finally, Doug sees me outside the store on the sidewalk waiting. And he holds up my watch and just says, come and get it. You can pay later. And so with my mask on, I rush in and grab my watch. I rush out. And that was charisma. That was a gift of divine grace to me that Doug gave me a bit of joy and happiness. We need to be doing that to other people. Well, when I heard that we were going into a two-week lockdown and, and hair salons and other places were all going to shut down, I thought, well, it would have been five months since I had had a professional haircut, so I thought I'd better get in there before they close down again. And five months ago, 
when I got my hair cut. A, a young gal cut my hair. She told me she was a mother of two children, and I was wondering how she was surviving these five months without being able to work. And so before I went in to get my hair cut, I felt the Holy Spirit nudging me to grab some cash to give her as a generous tip to help her out. And so I went and grabbed some cash, and the Holy Spirit said, not that one, <laughs> a bigger one. So I grabbed a bigger bill, and I went to get my hair cut, and sure enough, the same gal who had cut my hair five months earlier cut my hair. Looks nice, doesn't it? Thank you very much. <laughs> and while she's cutting my hair, I'm thinking, oh, she's a single parent, you know, and so I ask her, are you a single mom? And she says, oh, no, I have a husband. And I'm thinking, oh, well, he probably lost his job. So I said, is your husband still working? She says, oh, yeah, he's still working. <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, good, I don't have to give her that big tip. <laughs> and it's like the Holy Spirit said, give it to her anyway. A gift of grace, charisma. So after I got my hair cut, I handed her this large tip, and she looked at it and said, oh, no, I can't take that, that's too much. And I said, yes, you can. I just want to help out. And she had tears in her eyes. She said, oh, I'll just give you an air hug because we can't touch. And I started getting tears in my eyes. And so I just looked at her and said, God bless you. As I walked away. Charisma or charisma, a gift of divine grace. You and I need to be doing that when we can. Encourage people during these difficult times. Give them those little gifts, those little blessings unmerited favor, even to strangers, or maybe especially so. Paul writes, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Spirit, that Greek word there, pneuma, we pronounce it pneuma. We get words like pneumonia and pneumatic tires from it because it's a word that can mean air, wind, breath, spirit. And in this context, this Greek word pneuma, as you might pronounce it, is referring to your inner life, the real you, the you God sees that maybe no one else sees. Your pain might be masked these days and maybe quite literally behind a mask before others, but God sees your pain. He sees your struggles. And he not only sees your pain, he feels your pain. Some of you will recall a sermon preached some time ago where we learned that compassion is your pain in my heart. And we're told that God has compassion for us, that our pain is in God's heart. Look at what it says in Psalm 103, verse 8. It says, the Lord is compassionate. His pain is in, your pain is in his heart. The Lord is compassionate and he's gracious. There's our word grace. He dispels, un, he dispels unmerited favor and he's slow to anger. He's understanding what you're going through. He's abounding in loving kindness. In other words, abounding in kind love. Which brings us to a truth now to be believed. A truth to be believed. Your pain is in God's heart, and His grace is in yours. Your pain is in God's heart, and His grace is in yours. 
I don't want to minimize anyone's suffering. It's real. It's there. It's significant. But God wants to share in your suffering. He wants to share in your pain. He has compassion. He understands. He feels it along with you. And God also wants to fill your inner being, your spirit, with His grace, with His unmerited favor, His charisma. Yes, your pain is in God's heart, and His grace is in yours. Some of you will recall that I mentioned some friends of mine where COVID hit the family and Every member of the family got COVID, all five members, mom, dad, and the three children. Well, I want to encourage you that there is life after COVID. The whole family recovered. They took a road trip, and they live on the mainland, and they all went to Yellowstone National Park. And their 18-year-old son, Ethan, I want you to see what he's doing after 55 days of being quarantined because of the family's COVID. He's celebrating life. And I remind you that there is life after COVID. So let's celebrate and let's live life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you that there is life after COVID and there is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you're listening, I'd like you to look at your heart and see if Jesus is there. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and save you from your sins, to give you eternal life, he is knocking on the door of your heart. He is asking to be let in to give you the best gifts imaginable. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sin, if you believe he raised from the dead and has conquered death, if you want to be saved for all eternity and live in heaven with him in a perfect place, as a perfect person, with other perfect people, with all your needs met, full of joy forever. Cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, save me. Come into my life, and you will. Lord Jesus, you are the best. We love you. We thank you that you offer us such great hope. You offer us eternal life. Bless us as we experience your grace in our inner being. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my friends, until next time, be well and be safe and be blessed by our Lord. Amen.